And welcome to In Your Corner. I want to remind you as well, the global TV show In Your Corner happens Sundays at 8.30 in the morning. You want to reach out anytime, get a hold of Savannah James, member of the team, 1-855-821-5900, help at inyourcorner.ca. Lots of stuff to get through on the show today, Savannah, including if your long-term disability insurer does any of these three things, your LTD payments are likely going to be cut off. We'll get to that and a bunch of your emails as well. First uh, week that was, what's going on with you, brother? Well, John, as usual, it's been a very busy week. Uh, let me start off with a question that was posted to one of our websites, mydisabilityquestions.com, and this one came from Rose in Toronto, and here's what she writes. I was on LTD for two years, and now my long-term disability ended. I wanted to get back to work, but instead they laid me off. They said that they will issue me a record of employment so I can be eligible for EI. However, I didn't have income since I was on LTD for the last two years. Am I still eligible for EI? Well, the EI question is something that we can resolve uh, fairly quickly. She can call the EI office and find that out. But what's more interesting to me is the issue with long-term disability and her employment. And John, this is something that we have come across time and time again. People who are on disability who are let go from their jobs. And this is something that's quite important to understand. If you are let go from your job while disabled, that is illegal. It means that not only are you entitled to potential severance from your employer, but potentially also human rights damages. Now, here's why that is important. Because the vast majority of LTD policies contain provisions that entitle the insurance company to get credit for any severance you receive. So imagine just uh, uh, this, John. You let go from your job. Uh, you're able to negotiate or you get, let's say, $30,000 in severance only right. to find out that your insurance company says, hold on for a second, we get a credit for that, meaning we're not going to pay you LTD worth $30,000, which is the severance you received. Now, imagine a different scenario where instead of the $30,000 in severance, you got 15000 in severance and $15,000 in human rights damages. Insurance companies cannot touch human rights damages. So now you are $15,000 up, right? Because the insurance company can't get credit for that. So why is that important? Because people who are on LTD, who are let go from their jobs, they want to get the proper advice, expertise, and representation from a law firm. And this is something that we, you know, I talk about quite a lot that has expertise in both of these areas, disability and employment. If you only go to an employment lawyer who doesn't have expertise in long-term disability law, you are at risk of getting that severance and having the insurance company claim it. But if you only go to an LTD lawyer, that person may not have the requisite knowledge to negotiate or be able to obtain for you the proper severance and human rights damages. So you want to go to a law firm, one shop that can really do everything for you and protect you from all angles. And that's really what's important here for Rose. She needs to understand, aside from the EI issue, how does she get protected and maximize the amount of money she is owed and is able to put in her pocket not only from the long-term disability insurer, but also from her employer who illegally laid her off. It's a nice option to have to know she can you know, get some uh, human rights damages. And again, because you guys do both employment and uh, disability, you guys would know that where separate shops might not uh, necessarily know the ins and outs, right? So what else you got going on? Well, here's a story about a lady who contacted us recently. She's been cut off long-term disability. She was cut off uh, last November. She appealed that cutoff. And, of course, she received a denial letter. Uh, 
although it was a month ago, so you know, eight months or so have elapsed since she was first denied. This is a point we're going to talk about at more length uh, later in the show, this whole idea of appeals. Should you do them? Should you not? You know my opinion on that, John. Now, this lady was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, she has Lyme disease, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety, a whole slew of things. She's 29 years old. Now, why was she cut off long-term disability? Because the insurance company apparently did surveillance on her. Again, something that we see quite often. Remember, insurance companies are allowed to conduct surveillance within limits. They're not allowed to, uh, to have their private investigators go into your home or to a private space. The private investigators are not allowed to contact you, to speak with you, but they are allowed to take photos and videos from afar, and it does happen. Uh, now, what this insurance company did with this lady is they, they had an investigator follow her, and apparently they have a video of her walking her dog. Oh. And based on that, yeah, based on that, they said, well, we think that you can do your job because you can walk your dog. Remember, they have one hour of footage that shows her walking her dog. That's it. On the basis of that, they are disregarding now everything that her doctors are saying. Incidentally, she's on a waiting list to see a neurologist. So she has a whole slew of doctors treating her. Everyone is saying she's unable to work. This whole idea of her walking her dog uh, as, as you know, undermining her credibility, that's nonsense. I mean, imagine a situation, John, where you have somebody who suffers from depression and that person goes for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes with their dog outside. Does that mean that person doesn't suffer from depression? It's absolute, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But this is what the insurance company is doing here. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people get intimidated and bullied by insurance companies who conduct surveillance on them. And insurance companies, what they would do is they will throw that surveillance in your face and they will tell you, they will say that uh, th- that surveillance is proof that you are not disabled when in fact the opposite may be true. We've seen this time and time again. And cases where I, I have individuals contacting me who've had surveillance done on them and they've been cut off LTD as a result, I look at that surveillance and believe it or not, in quite a few instances, that surveillance actually shows the exact opposite. <laughs> it shows that the person, in fact, has limitations. But what insurance companies do is they gaslight the situation. They gaslight the insured. They make the insured believe that the insured, uh, the individual who's claiming disability is a fake, is a phony, when the opposite is true. So what's my message? My message is don't be intimidated by the insurance company. If they've cut you off or told you they're going to cut you off because of surveillance, and that surveillance doesn't show you going, jumping up and down, going to parties, playing soccer, whatever. If that surveillance is really innocuous, if that surveillance really only shows you doing things that you've already disclosed to the insurance company that you're doing, don't take it. Don't simply accept the fact that you're going to get cut off. Because believe it or not, we can actually fight for your rights, we can challenge the insurance company, and we can force the insurance company to pay you what you are owed. Great way to open. We'll take a, a short break. Get back into more week that was in our topic and emails for the day. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at inyourcorner.ca. This is in your corner right here on Global News Radio. And back with more in your corner uh, to get a hold of Savannah and the team. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at inyourcorner.ca. Before we move on to your association with some experienced WSIB and STD LTD uh, uh, CPP disability people, I want to talk about that. But first, you had more to discuss with the week that was, right? I do, John. I have so many. I, you know, I only have uh, limited time, so I'm going to pick <laughs> one more. Again, another question uh, that was posted to mydisabilityquestions.com. Remember, if you are suffering uh, from from an illness or an injury, if you have a question about your long-term disability claim, or you know someone 
who is right. dealing with a long-term disability issue or an insurance company and you have a question, go to that site, post your question. I will answer it for free within minutes. So here's one right now. This one comes from Steve. Steve writes, I'm on LTD since February of 2014. I was approved past the change of definition after two years in February of 2016. I was also denied CPP disability after two appeals and a decision was rendered. My current employer has just terminated me effective December of 2019. So it hasn't happened yet. He's been told he's going to be let go. And that's because of plant closure. The question is this. Can my LTD provider cut off my benefits because my restrictions and limitations were based on my pre-disability job? So really, the crux of the question that Steve has is, I've just been let go from my job for whatever reason. In this case, it's a plant closure. Can the LTD insurer stop my payments? Can they cut me off because I have no job anymore? The answer is no. The LTD insurer cannot make a decision as to whether or not you qualify for LTD based on, on you know, the health of, of your employer, whether they're in operation or not, or whether they have let you go or not. At the end of the day, as soon as you qualify for LTD, you are now in the program. The only way for the LTD insurer to stop your payments is either if you reach that uh, max amount that they can pay you, so in most policies it's to the age of 65, or if at some point the LTD insurer determines or decides on their own that you're no longer qualified. Uh, and, and, you know, again, we've talked about different scenarios where that happens. Maybe you're able to go back to your job. Maybe you're able to do some other job after the two-year mark. You know, that kind of stuff. But the point is this. If you've been let go from your job, the insurer can't use that to let you, uh, to, to, to stop your payments. That's not a reason for them. I have seen that happen, by the way, which again, we've challenged, challenged successfully. But again, you know, this, this email here is, is quite loaded with information. This individual, just the, like, you know, like the first lady that I had mentioned that had posted the question, this person here was just terminated or told that his position will be terminated. Again, it's illegal. It's illegal to let someone go, no matter what the reason, in Ontario, while that person is disabled. It means that person is entitled to severance and potentially human rights damages. So we're going to be able to help him. The fact that, the, that there is a plant closure doesn't mean that the company as a whole is going bankrupt. We're going to be able to help him. And if his LTD insurer gives him any problems on this basis, trust me, we're going to step in. We're going to force them to pay him exactly what he's owed. Reminder, in your corner, you can catch that on Global TV Sundays at 8.30. Tell me about this affiliation with several consultants you have, very experienced with WSIV and STD and et cetera. What's that all about? That's right. So one of the things that you know we've been seeing, people have been contacting me about stuff that we don't actually handle at the firm. You know, We specialize in certain areas, employment law, disability law, injury law, but we don't do other things like workers' compensation or disability tax credits or ODSP. Right. Things like that we don't deal with. So I've been trying really hard to find people, not necessarily lawyers, but people who have been in the industry who understand those systems, those government systems, that I can refer people to. And so we have affiliation now with several consultants. They don't work for the firm, for us, but we we know that they know what they're doing. They have decades of experience dealing with workers' comp, ODSP, all that kind of stuff. So if you or someone you know is in need of that, just get in touch with me, and I'll make sure to put you in touch with one of those consultants. 
That's 1-855-821-5900, by the way, help at inyourcorner.ca. I wanted to get onto this before we uh, get to some emails, and that is, uh, if your long-term disability insurer does any of these three things, your LTD payments are likely going to be cut off. I can't believe you narrowed this down to three. That's extremely hard, John. I can tell you <laughs> that uh, initially the list was about 15 things, uh, and frankly, even more than that. But, you know, these are the top three things. Because, you know, you are an LTD. Now you have this relationship with your insurance company, right. the adjuster. Uh, it may be a positive relationship or a negative one. doesn't matter. Uh, the point is there are certain things, certain flags that, you know, if you notice them, you know, your antennas should be up. You should be very careful in how you're dealing with the insurance company. Because remember, at the end of the day, the person you're dealing with on the other side, the adjuster, they have a master. That master is their employer. They want to make their employer happy. Now, if you think about it, even though the insurance company is on your side or supposed to be on your side, really what they care about is profit, making money. But the only way to make money for the insurance company is to take in premiums and to pay as little as possible, right. if, if not nothing. Uh, so here are three uh, things that your insurer may be doing on your claim. Uh, any one of these uh, uh, things uh, could have been something that would have happened to you. Uh, and, and if they have, you have to be very careful because it could be a telltale sign that you're going to be cut off LTD. Number let's one. Get the first, let's get the first two underway yep. before we uh, break here. Number one is this. Ask to see one of their doctors for an assessment. This is very common. Very, very common. So imagine this. You have doctors treating you. They've been treating you for years. They've told the insurance company that you are disabled. Yep. Now the insurance company says, hold on for a sec. We want you to be seen by one of our doctors. Well, think about that for a second. Why would the insurance company want you to be seen by one of their doctors? Remember, their doctors, they're getting paid by the insurance company. Right. So, you know, they know who is feeding them, right? Who is giving them the money. Chances are, and again, not in every case, but chances are the insurance company wants you to be seen by one of their doctors because they're anticipating that their doctor is going to come back with a report that says that you can probably go back to work. And on the basis of that, they may then cut you off. Now, there are ways to deal with this, but that is a telltale sign that they are gearing up, trying to figure out the way to stop your payments. Number two and number three are going to come up. Let's take a short break because I want to get uh, more in-depth into these ones. These are three things that if your insurer is about to do, means you're about to be cut off. So be warned on that. We'll get to that after the break. one 821 5900 to get a hold of the team at Savan's office and help at inyourcorner.ca. We're going right to emails after that. So it's all coming up right here on In Your Corner, Global News Radio. And welcome back to In Your Corner, reaching out, very simple, 1-855-821-5900. Help at inyourcorner.ca is the email address. We will be uh, hosting the TV show, of course, on Global TV, In Your Corner, Sundays at 8.30 in the morning. So if your long-term disability insurer does any of these three things, your LTD payments are likely to be cut off. Number one is go see one of their doctors for assessment. Number two is this, ask you to undergo a transferable skills analysis. There's a mouthful. Yeah, seriously, eh? Okay, so again, that's very common. Usually you see this close to the two-year mark. So let's l break this down for any listeners that haven't heard us talk about this before. For long-term disability, for you to qualify for that, in the vast majority of policies, uh, they have a provision that states that in the first two years of being on LTD, to get LTD, to get long-term disability, you have to demonstrate, provide medical proof that you cannot do your own occupation. You can't do significant parts of your own occupation. Beyond the two-year mark, the question then becomes, can you do any occupation for which you have training, experience, or, 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 or knowledge? 
Uh, and that's really, really important because that's, that's a more difficult test to meet. Remember, the first two years, can you do your own occupation? Beyond the two-year mark, can you do any occupation for which you have training, knowledge, or experience? And why do they want you to undergo a transferable skills analysis, the insurance company? Because they're trying to figure out if you have other skills and come up with a list of jobs that, in their opinion, you can do. Why? Because if they come up with a list of 3, 5, 10, 15 different occupations that they think you can do with your skills, because they're transferable, according to the insurance company, well, then now they have a reason to say to you, you no longer qualify for LTD beyond you're done. Here's the problem, though. In many instances, and I see this time and time again, John, people come to me and say, look, I've undergone this analysis by the insurance company. They've come back with 10 different jobs. I know none of these jobs. I don't have any training, experience, or knowledge in these jobs. There's no way I can do these these jobs. Uh, And yet the insurance company insists, no, we think you can do it. We're going to cut you off. In other instances, I have people saying, Maybe I have experience and knowledge or education that would otherwise allow me to do those jobs, but my illness or injury prevents me. Imagine a situation where you're suffering from severe depression. It doesn't matter what kind of other job you're suited for. If you can't get out of bed, what does it matter? You can't do it. But this is something we see time and time again. And so the insurance company will tell you around that two-year mark, right, when the test changes, they will tell you, we've done this transferable skills analysis. And we believe you can do these other jobs. Therefore, your LTD ends. The problem, the big problem that I see is that most people think that actually they're not entitled to any more LTD beyond that two-year mark. That is bogus. It's not true. It's not true. So long as your doctors confirm that you cannot do any other occupation for which you're suited for because of your illness or injury, you should qualify beyond the two-year mark, period. So if you're in that situation, you should contact me ASAP. You can email me, you can call me, whatever you want. It's going to cost you nothing for us to talk to you. And all we're going to do is we're going to have a quick chat with you. We're going to look at the transferable skills analysis. If you have a copy of it, uh, we're going to ask you for the denial letter. And really, it doesn't take a long time for us to tell you if you have a case or not. And, And, you know, I want to make sure people understand. Not in every instance will I tell you that you have a case. Sometimes the insurance company is correct. But in, in more cases than not, when people contact me, John, it's because they know they can't do any of those jobs and they need help. And that is exactly what we are here for. Doesn't it have to be reasonable? I mean, if you're you're off on a disability and you're an orthopedic surgeon, they're not going to you know, ex- accept, you know, expect you to be a Walmart greeter. I mean, it's not it's exactly money, right. right? But will they try that? Uh, they won't try necessarily that example. I think that's an extreme example, right. but they'll certainly try other types of examples. Uh, you know, they will tell somebody who's been, I don't know, in, in the trucking industry for 30 years, a person who's 55 years old, that for whatever reason, because that person took a computer course 20 years ago, now they can go and be a program, programming analyst. You know, when the person comes to me and says, I have no, I can't even, you know, start my computer properly, you know, it keeps freezing up. You know, insurance companies, again, they're in the business of making money. And so if they can latch on to something, and that is one of those somethings, these lists of transferable skills of occupations, if they can latch onto that, write you this formal-looking letter that says your LTD now ends because you can do these other jobs, and under the policy, if you can do those other jobs, we don't have to pay you, people assume that that's it. That's the word of God. They can't challenge the insurance company. Nothing is further from the truth. If you cannot do those other occupations, if your doctors confirm that you cannot do those other occupations, you are entitled to LTD beyond the two-year mark. 
Again, the caveat to that is if you're 63 years old and you've received LTD for two years and your policy expires at age 65, well, then I can't help you because the policy only goes to age 65. But I see these kinds of situations with people who are in their 40s, 50s, even people in their 30s who are told you can do some other job and their own doctors say, no, this person is not ready yet. In those instances, insurance companies should continue paying the LTD. And if they don't, these individuals, John, should contact us because we can help them. Got a minute. We'll at least touch on this one, if not carry over to the uh, after the break. And this is another thing that might be cutting off your payments. The LTD insurer can do this. And then has asked you for more de- uh, medical documentation because they say that what you gave them, well, it's simply not enough to prove that you're still disabled from working. Yeah, well, that, that's very common, right? I mean, they won't tell you exactly what's not enough. They'll simply tell you that it's just insufficient medical documentation. Right. I see this time and time again. Look, sometimes there is an issue in terms of what your doctor writes. Maybe it's not clear enough. Like, for example, if your doctor, John, says that, you know, you suffer from a certain illness and therefore you can't work, maybe that's not enough. Maybe the doctor needs to spell out sure. why that illness is disabling you. But as long as your doctor does that, the doctor doesn't have to provide a treatise. It doesn't have to provide an essay. The doctor simply has to provide a reasonable uh, a report. It can be a few paragraphs long, a page long, whatever, just explaining why you can't work. That should be enough for the insurance company. But if they tell you that it's not, again, feel free, come to us. We will tell you, we will look at everything for free, and we will tell you if the insurance company is correct or not. Chances are they're not. Help at uh, inyourcorner.ca is the email address. That's exactly where we're going after a short break. Get into some of your emails here. one 821 5900 is another way to reach out. This is In Your Corner, Global News Radio. And back with more In Your Corner, reaching out real simple, one 821 5900 help at inyourcorner.ca. By the way, Global TV Show In Your Corner happens on your TV Sundays at 8.30 in the morning. Catch it if you haven't so far. Uh, first email of the day comes from Danny. Danny says, my wife is 43 years old. Yeah, she has chronic illnesses that affect her lower back and has become more depressed in the past couple of years. She went on short-term disability, and then when she applied for long-term, she was denied because the insurer said that there was, there you go, insufficient medical documentation, that she was totally disabled. Quotations there, totally disabled. I don't understand what that means. Her doctors say that she can't work and wrote that, but the insurance company is ignoring their opinions. What do we do? Well, Danny, thank you very much for contacting us. And I want to zoom in, John, on that phrase that you mentioned was in quotes, totally disabled. Because to uh, apply and and qualify for LTD, uh, again, LTD policies would usually contain a provision that says that to qualify, you have to show that you are totally disabled from doing your own occupation for the first two years or any occupation uh, beyond the two-year mark. But that phrase, totally disabled, we've talked about this a lot. It is misleading. It messes people up. And I think, I think it's intentional. Insurance companies put that in there into their policies. I think, again, to confuse people. Why would you put totally disabled? Why is that word totally in there? If I'm a layperson, you're saying I have to be totally disabled to qualify for something. I'm thinking I have to be in a coma. I have to be brain dead. I have to be paralyzed. Something catastrophic. It's not true. It's simply, the bar is a lot lower than that. It's not just me telling you that, it's in the policy. And it's case law. We've had judges rule on this issue. So again, uh, Danny, if your wife's doctors, as you say, stated 
provided opinions that she, your wife, uh, because of all these chronic illnesses, is unable to do her own occupation, she should qualify for LTD. And uh, incidentally, John, we just talked about this actually in the last segment, this idea of insufficient medical That's documentation. Right. It, it infuriates me when I look at a claim, when I look at, fi- at, 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 at a file, and, and I see one, two, three, four, sometimes five and up letters from different people who are treating a disabled person. And all those letters in one way or, or, or another say this person is unable to, to work for, what, for the various reasons that they're giving. And yet insurance companies come back saying, no, that's just not good enough for us. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Of course it's good enough. And how do I know it's good enough? Because as soon as we get involved, and, and as soon as we get involved and start a legal claim against the insurance company, and the insurance company gets a defense lawyer, that defense lawyer turns around and tells their client, the insurance company, you better pay that claim. So it's absolute nonsense. If you have doctors, and by the way, when I say doctors, I don't mean necessarily just people with an MD degree, medical doctors. You can have a psychologist. I've had people who have had family doctors in conjunction with chiropractors and social workers and psychotherapists. As long as you have people helping you, those individuals are treating you and they're saying you are unable to work because of X, Y, and Z, and it's reasonable, right? They're not making it up. It's true. You should qualify for LTD. If the insurance company tells you that you don't, call me. Trust me, we can help you. This is what we do at our firm, right? I mean, you gotta break through this, this, uh, you know, this, this, this idea that insurance companies are just all powerful and there's right. nothing that can be done against them. It's not true. I work for insurance companies. It, it, it's, it's absolutely, it's like the matrix, right? I mean, you're living within their world. They want you to think you're powerless. You are not powerless. You're not. And if you Google my name and you look at some articles and, and, and TV spots and, and whatever stories that have been in the media about cases that I have done and other people at my firm have done, you will see real cases, real people that have been helped where we've challenged insurance companies. Insurance companies, once they're challenged, they will come to the table and they will try to resolve the case. Because guess what? As soon as you challenge them, they are now going to bleed money by having to defend the claim. They don't want to do that. They're going to come to the table and try to negotiate a resolution. So, man, before we get to another email, before we uh, we break, actually, here, tell me a little bit about MyDisabilityQuestions.com. So that's, again, a website that uh, we started to show off with. Uh, it's a free website. If you have any questions about your long-term disability claim, or if you know someone that has a question about their long-term disability claim, feel free to tell them to, to enter that question or even browse that website. There have been thousands of questions posted. I answer those questions for free literally within minutes. The, the, the idea is to empower people, to let people know what their rights are. There is no reason not to use it. You can call me or email me or you can go to that website, mydisabilityquestions.com, post your question, and I will answer it again for free within minutes. Back to the emails here in uh, in about a moment. Take a short break. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at inyourcorner.ca is the website. Right back at it after this. More in your corner on Global News Radio. And back with more in your corner. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at inyourcorner.ca is the email address. Uh, Bianca, thank you for uh, for waiting. Bianca says, "I uh, love the show." Savannah, listen every week. Says, "I've been taking antidepressants for over five years, and recently because of some issues at my work, my depression got worse. My psychologist thinks that I should take time off to deal with family-related issues and also take a break from work." I feel like I can't get out of bed most days now. I applied for LTD, and initially they denied my claim because they said it was work-related. 
But then they switched reasons and said it's because they think I'm not disabled enough from working because I haven't tried other medications. I follow what my psychologist tells me to and always have. I don't know what to do now. Bianca, thank you for emailing us, and I'm very sorry for everything that you are going through, uh, both with with your depression, but also with the insurance company. And, and John, this is a one of those examples of a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous no excuse by the insurance company for not approving her LTD. Uh, it, I, it's just insane. They're saying she hasn't tried other medications. What are they, psychologists, psychiatrists? I can guarantee you, whichever adjuster is adjusting her claim does not have the requisite uh, uh, training and experience to overrule what her psychologist says. Look, if you have a psychologist or a psychiatrist or anybody else treating you, follow their advice. They have your best interest at heart. There is no way that the insurance company here can say, because you haven't tried other medications, we're cutting you off, when you are following your doctor's advice. No. Now, what's interesting to me, and I want to touch, uh, touch about this, is that initially, uh, they denied her claim on the basis that they said it was work-related. And this is really important because you do have many instances where you have toxic work environments. I mean, Lior talks about that all the time on the on the employment show, uh, employment law show. And because people are in a toxic work environment, that makes them anxious, depressed, and they go on leave. And what happens is they apply for disability, for long-term disability, and they get denied on the basis that it's a work-related issue. Now, if it is a purely work-related issue that gives rise to the disability, the insurer may be correct in not allowing you to claim LTD because, after all, LTD is not there to protect you against a toxic work environment. But imagine a situation, and I see this quite a lot, where the toxic work environment, in conjunction with other personal circumstances, maybe, maybe there was a death in the family or some other stressors, as a result of that, the person develops certain psychiatric or psychological mental health issues that now prevents them from working. So it's no longer just uh, focused on the work. In other words, you can put that person now in a different work environment, but they are now suffering from these mental health issues, which are above and beyond, not related anymore to the origin of, of, of those issues. In other words, they are now in a different work environment. They still can't properly function. In that kind of a situation, that person should be approved for LTD because it's no longer work, uh, I'm not going to say related, but it's, not, it's, 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 it's no longer as a result of, of, of work. It's not as though you can put them in a different work situation and now they can operate uh, uh, properly. So, you know, it's very important to distinguish those two because insurance companies will oftentimes deny legitimate LTD claimants because they say that it's a work-related issue when in fact the origin of the mental health issue was work-related but now it's become a lot larger than that. So Bianca, what I suggest you do here, again because obviously they backed off the, you know, the whole work-related uh, denial, uh, contact me directly after this show and uh, I, I want to see the actual denial letter. I want to see if they actually state that the reason why they've denied your claim is because you refuse to take other medications or because you haven't tried other medications. I can tell you if that's the reason for their denial, they are dead in the water. We can easily force them to come to the table and negotiate. And what happens, John, if they don't come to the table and negotiate? Well, well, through the legal process, we force them. We force them all the way as far as we need to, and they know it. They know that at the end of the day, when we are involved and we initiate a legal process, they have to, at some point, come to the table to negotiate or it's going to end up in court. And they hate court. Insurance companies cannot stand... I can't tell you how many times they have been knocked on the head by judges who've ruled against them. They don't want to do that. 
They don't want to take that chance. They are banking on most people like Bianca simply walking away yeah. from money and rights that, that they have uh, because, frankly, it works. It works. You know, out of all these denials that they put out, I, I can tell you that I, I, I think, it's anecdotal, the majority of people just walk away. Walk away from money that is legitimately owed to them. And there is no reason to do that, especially when we're telling you that we'll talk to you for free and tell you if you have a legitimate claim. We'll get to another uh, another email here. Jasmine, you're up next. Stand by. We'll get your email. Help at inyourcorner.ca is the address. The phone number, 1-855-821-5900. And Global TV Show In Your Corner happens Sundays at 8.30 in the morning. You can check that out as well. Short one, right back at it. Lots more is on the way. This is In Your Corner on Global News Radio. And back with more In Your Corner. You want to reach out, sure, 1-855-821-5900, help at inyourcorner.ca. As promised, Jasmine, your email's up next, says, uh, My father fell inside a store three days ago because the floor was wet, it was raining heavily, and there were no carpets or even warning signs about the wet floor. He's 61 years old, and he broke his left hip pretty badly. He's in hospital and has undergone surgery. Is the store responsible for his injuries? Is he owed any compensation for this? Uh, yes, Jasmine. Uh, he likely is uh, entitled to compensation. Whenever we're dealing with an injury, whether it's a slip and fall or a car accident or a pedestrian getting hit by a car, anything to do with an injury, we always look at two issues. The first issue is who's at fault. In legal terminology, that's called liability. Who's liable? And it doesn't have to be uh, you know, in black and white. It's not that it's a store 100% or your father or perhaps there are cleaners. Right? Sometimes you have a cleaning company that's hired by the store. Uh, so we have to figure out what exactly happened here. Because you know, if there were no carpets, there were no signs, there were, there were no warnings. Look, under the legislation in Ontario, the Occupier's Liability Act, that's the legislation if you want to Google it. Okay. Uh, Section 3 states that occupiers, the people who own or the people who take care of an area, a, a premises, they have to keep that premises reasonably safe for people who go on it. Especially in a situation like this, a commercial context, right? That's a store, you're inviting people in. You have to make sure that the premises are reasonably safe. And so the word reasonable, reasonably, that's really where the fight usually ends up uh, landing. But I can tell you again, having defended stores, having defended municipalities, having defended landlords in the past for insurance companies, if I see a case like this landing on my desk and I'm the defense lawyer, I'm telling the insurance company, just based on this information here, there is likely some liability, if not complete liability, for this poor man's injuries. Now, I talked about the first question, liability, which is fault. What's the second question? Damages. Damages start with the injury. What is the injury? Now, you're dealing with a hip fracture here. He's in hospital, underwent surgery. That's very, very serious. I've dealt with hip injuries, surgeries, surgeries that have gone bad. Uh, these are very, very serious conditions that evolve from those kinds of injuries. You can have chronic pain. In fact, he probably will have. He may have compromised mobility, so he may need help around the home. He may need to be placed in a home. Now, when we look at these injuries, we're looking, Jasmine, at what are the categories of comp- uh, compensation. You're going to have pain and suffering. That's one category. Hip fractures like this, uh, they'll usually assess anywhere between seventy-five to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Okay. Again, depending on the severity of the injury, depending on various factors. In my experience, that's usually the assessment for pain and suffering for a hip fracture like this: seventy-five to one hundred and twenty thousand. But there's more to that. What, what if your father was employed at the time, even part-time? 
can't go back to work. Well, now we're going to have an income loss claim into the future, as well as whatever is crystallizing every day that he's unable to work. If he's earning $20,000 a year working at Home Depot and he can't earn that money now, well, then consider if he would have worked until age 65, four more years, four times 20000 that's another $80,000 in lost income. But what about other types of damages? What about out-of-pocket expenses? Maybe he'll need physio that's not covered by OHIP. He'll need, you know, he'll need other therapies. He'll need modifications around the home. Maybe he's going to have all these expenses and they'll be in the thousands of dollars. Again, I remember, John, years and years ago when I used to work for insurance companies, and I'm talking about eons ago. I remember a case with a lady who was in her early 70s who fell in one of the stores I was defending and it was a hip fracture. She had two surgeries. You know, we settled that case without divulging too much information in the mid six figures. No kidding. Think about that for a second. Wow. Mid six figures, right? So it, it, that was that was a substantial case, but it can be even more than that. It can be less. It can be more. Now, Jasmine, you wrote on behalf of your father. If you are providing or going to provide uh, help to your father or other family members would, well, guess what? Family members are entitled under the Family Law Act in Ontario, Section 61, uh, to get compensated for certain things. Uh, you know, if you're missing work because you have to help your father, you may be entitled to compensation for that. If you're providing certain services, you know, you're cleaning his house now, your or apartment, uh, you're, you're cooking for him now, you know, things you haven't done before the accident, you may be entitled to compensation for that. So, you know, John, we can do a whole show just on Jasmine's email. Jasmine, my, my, my suggestion is get in touch with me after the show. Uh, I would like to set up a time to meet with you, with your father perhaps, uh, and just give you all the information you need. Not going to force you to do anything. You can decide. Your father can decide how he wants to proceed. I mean, right now, obviously, he's focused on trying to get better. But this is a very serious case. You do not want to wait on that. And, John, before we leave this this one email, yeah. I, I want to mention something else. A lot of individuals, uh, when they suffer a, an injury like this because of a slip and fall, they'll get contacted by an insurance adjuster who wants to come to their house and take a statement. Be very careful of providing these statements without legal representation because you're dealing with people who are experienced, with professionals. They will craft a statement in a certain way, not everyone, but some of them, I've seen this, that will... Uh, say something that to you may seem normal. That they'll, they'll paraphrase something you've told them, perhaps how you fell, but and they'll get you to sign the statement at the end. But from a legal standpoint, that statement, the way it's worded, may create problems for you down the road if you try to initiate a legal action. So be very careful, again, of dealing with insurance companies on your own. They are professionals. They know what they're doing. You want somebody on your side, in your corner, uh, that is going to protect your interest. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Just be careful. Good way to wrap it up for today, uh, brother. We'll leave it from there. You want to contact Savannah and the rest of the team. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the number. Email is help at inyourcorner.ca. If you haven't used it yet, mydisabilityquestions.com. There's questions to be answered and found there. You can write your own. It's a, it's a wonderful resource. And a reminder, once again, Global TV show In Your Corner happens Sunday mornings at 830. So check that as well. Until next time, this has been In Your Corner, Global News Radio.